Okay, I want to say uh, some words about meditation, uh, the sitting practice here. I already mentioned the word introspective awareness. So that is this mental factor of uh, alertness, it is sometimes called, which um, is able to uh, notice when you lose that which you actually want to pay attention to. So the other words I want to mention is uh, stable attention or sustaining attention and peripheral awareness. So we have this capacity to direct our attention within the field of our experience. For example, I can say now, bring your attention to your right toe. And then somehow, we don't know exactly how we do it, because we move something immaterial, but we are able to, uh, to bring the sensation in our right toe to the foreground of our awareness. And then we would be also able to sustain our attention in that place. So this is uh, this directing our attention and sustaining the attention on the object is one of the capacities we all have, but in meditation we strengthen that capacity. So we need to know what we want to pay attention to. What is it what we, what we want to bring into the foreground of our awareness? So we, we, need to, we need to have an idea of, of, of what that is. The most profound thing to pay attention to is the non-moving mind, the one who knows. That's the most profound. You could even say that's where real meditation starts. Everything else is preparation for that. But if I now would say, okay, we pay attention to our Buddha nature, it, it could be a bit challenging because we, we have no, no uh, stabilized sense of what is meant with that instruction. So initially when we, say, when we sit here, it might be better uh, that we uh, start with an object which is are more understandable where, where we know, ah, this is what I pay attention to. I will give you some suggestion of what that could be. But I think some of you are quite familiar with breathing meditation, so that could be a good place to start. And again, there's different ways to practice breathing meditation, and maybe you have already found your febrile, uh, like the, your favorable way to bring the sensations of the breath to the foreground of your awareness, to pay attention to that. I would suggest to uh, use the rising and falling of the belly 
but you know, so you can you can play a bit. You know, some people focus on the sensation in the nostrils. Uh, then you can also have a kind of narrow area where you pay attention to, or a bit more broad area, like the whole flow of the in and out breath. Yeah. So we direct our attention to that which we have chosen to pay attention to. So one of the traps beginners fall into in this process of cultivating stable attention that there is a sense of as if you need to kind of close the mind kind of it's like concentration like w with effort to close the mind kind of to become narrow in the mind but th that's not the way the way of meditation that's the way of concentration which is exhausting so that's why I mentioned the word peripheral awareness. And what I mean with peripheral awareness is, or we can use the sight as an example. So if you now choose an object, uh, let's say this stupa. Yeah? So now I say, okay, let's make this stupa uh, the, the focus of our side and then we are able to bring the stupa in the visual field to the foreground but when you do that what you notice is that the rest you know, the rest of the visual field does not completely disappear it, it's, it still stays it's not in the foreground but you would be able to notice something moving yeah so your focus is on the stupa but you are able within peripheral awareness you are able to uh, to be also to to see the other things but you don't focus on it so the the same thing is happening in meditation it's not that you narrow down the field <coughs> it's just that you bring that what you want to pay attention to to the foreground, and everything else can just come and go. Sounds can come and go, thoughts can come and go, feelings can come and go, and they will. And it's also good, because otherwise, if we would sit here and focusing on the breath, and then there would be a fire, we wouldn't notice it. So it is a necessary capacity we have, and we can't switch it off. So we bring we emphasize the object of our meditation without trying to suppress or get rid of all the other stuff. Everything else can, can just also happen. So don't try to control the, that what is happening in peripheral awareness. So, the way we cultivate stable attention is first through our intention. Because, as I said this morning, there's many subconscious processes will compete 
with this, with the breath, breathing meditation, memories, um, worries. Yeah. So we need to have a clear intention. And how can we nurture this intention? One is curiosity. You become curious about the object of your of your meditation. So if you choose the breath to be your object, try to become really curious like a child. You know, exploring the breath, trying to notice things within the breath you have not noticed yet, to appreciate the breath. You know, I'm breathing, I'm alive, I'm going to miss it. So my mother is she is struggling very much with her breath. She has she has lung cancer, and she had operation, and to to just to be sit to come here every day and sit in this room and to be able able to just sit here and breathe is like drinking nectar. But we take it for granted. We forget feel quite we forget it, and it might get boring. Yeah. Like, oh, what's next? Let's think about something more fantastic than the breath. <laughs> But in a way, there is nothing more fantastic than the breath. So, this is, of course, now conceptual, this kind of talking. But on the level where we are with our meditation, it's completely fine to kind of you know, talk yourself a bit in, into the focus. Yeah? So don't see that as an, an obstacle. It will cease at one, at one point. But uh, where we are, particularly in the beginning of the retreat, it's completely fine to give yourself a bit this kind of pep talks I just did. You know? So maybe you notice by me talking like this, you immediately thought, yeah, yeah, right, I'm going for it. Breath. You know? so, so that's, and, and, and that's fine. To kind of gently talk yourself into staying with the object. Appreciation, great gratefulness. You know, these are different. Uh, being, you know, precious human life. These are these are thoughts you can bring into uh, this meditation, so that you that you can really fall in love with the object of of your of your meditation. No, you can't control it. No, it, it, it's it's not possible to say, okay, now I meditate on the breath and that's it. You obey, yeah, because you are not the boss. So now, of course, what will happen is that the competing processes in in the subconscious the subconscious processes which compete with uh, your intention, uh, they will come up with things. Yeah? As I said, they will throw these baits of worries or of uh, sexual fantasies or of uh, so whatever. Um, so what we, uh, what we uh, cultivate in meditation is that we let go of grasping. So neither rejecting the unpleasant nor grasping the pleasant. So when you when you find yourself being hooked, you relax 
and you remember your intention and you return to the object. So the, another important kind of trick to make this chaos, you know, uh, to bring it into, into a stable attention is positive reinforcement. And this is another mistake many beginners make. And that is, so you have chosen your object, the breath or the sensation in your hands, or a pleasant sensation somewhere in the body or an unpleasant sensation in your body. So you have the intention to stay with this object and then you get hooked by one of the baits. So as beginner, what we have the tendency then to feel frustrated, to feel, oh, I can't meditate, to, you know, to feel, uh, to feel aggressive, to feel, uh, again, you know, I need to work harder, you know, I need to concentrate more. So with that, you don't encourage this process of stable attention to emerge, because in order for the, this process of stable attention to emerge, you need to positive reinforce it. So in the moment where you notice, wow, I'm not with the breath anymore, the best thing to do at that moment is to feel happy. To feel, wow, yeah, this is it. It happened only once an hour, <laughs> but yeah, I'm happy. Great, well done. Because otherwise, you are not going to convince your team to work together. Because they will say, no, no, stable attention, don't go there. Because, uh, you know, it's too difficult. And then when we make a mistake, we get beaten up. So just give it, you know, don't do it. It's, it's hopeless. So intention and positive reinforcement. So that's also... Since now I, I invited you, it's not, I mean, it's up to you, but I invited you to make Tseva one of the, the objects to pay attention to, particularly in the breaks and when you walk around. So when, when you have a moment where you notice, and even if it's, I mean, we are not talking about dramatic things, you know, just kind of a bit of uh, softness, uh, a moment of vulnerability, a moment of connectedness. You know, try to uh, you know give yourself a point for that or something. Yeah, like you know, the word is rejoice. Like rejoice in it. Say, yeah, wow, this is this is great. This feels good. Well done. And then, uh, and then, and this uh, this combined with the intention will slowly, slowly bring this uh, process more into stability because you, you, you reward yourself for it.
to, the reason to back up the intention. To, to cultivate the yeah. attention, yes. You said the precious human life and we are alive. Ah, yeah. I mean, that, that really has a, a, a good reason. Yeah, yeah. The reasoning behind that. Yes. Yes, it is of course good uh, that we have um, understood the benefits of stable attention. Why, why would we do this work? Yeah. And um, and the reason, I mean, there is uh, like positive side effects of. Uh, stable attention but the the deeper reason is um, that what we pay attention to is what we become we familize ourselves what we pay attention to we um, it, it it flavors it makes it makes it influences the way we feel in a certain situation mm, let's say no, imagine you would be a kind of complaining type, yeah. Like out of habit, you you have learned to complain about yourself, about the weather, about other people, and uh, so y you have trained yourself to pay attention to that what you can can complain complain about. So. And you exclude all that what is good. And, and then through this habit of complaining and paying attention to that what is what you can complain about, this is the world you create. So the, we could imagine a person here in this retreat who is tending to that habit and it's uh, it's understandable, you know. So it's not your fault; it's it's your conditioning, and there's reasons for that. But we could imagine a person who is sitting here, and all she sees is what's wrong with the people, what's wrong with the teacher, what's wrong with the food, what's wrong in the building, what's wrong in this in the landscape, what's wrong with the water. So. And then we could imagine another person who is on the other end of the spectrum, uh, really appreciating the things and seeing them and seeing the good in people. People are a good example. You know, we, have, we can always uh, focus on the shortcomings in a person and then that comes to the foreground and that what comes to the foreground for us becomes the person. But we could also focus on the goodness in that person, which is also there. So then that's someone like the Dalai Lama does. Yeah? So the Dalai Lama sees the, the goodness in a person. And that's, that's, that comes to the foreground. And that's how he relates to the person. So, and then, uh, 
as I said, what we want to start to pay attention to is the non-moving mind, the ocean of calm, your loving presence, your loving awareness, your goodness. That's what, that's what we slowly, slowly in our meditation and our daily life want to, do, want to bring. We want to bring that to the foreground. And I guess we all have moments of that. We all have you know, moments where we plunge or dive into the inner stillness, into the inner peace, into the connectedness. But because our mind is so unstable, other competing processes then bring us out of that experience and we seem to lose it. So even when we would uh, uh, be, be drawn to uh, resting as awareness practices, awareness of awareness, mahamudra, tsokshan practices, non-dual meditation, uh, we still need to have a certain stability to be able to return and stay in that experience. Otherwise, it remains a kind of fleeting, a fleeting moment, a fleeting moment, moment of openness, which then closes quite quickly because other competing processes will draw our attention to them. So doing the meditation, uh, I will offer you, doing the meditations we we do, I will offer you different uh, objects of paying attention to. But I guess almost in every meditation, at one point, I will try to give you some pointers to, to the stillness, to the peace, to that which is aware. So and and <coughs> you notice what happens then. By now you should most of you should be quite familiar with what I what I mean when I say the stillness which is surrounding, pervading, underlying this experience. But uh, probably most of us, it makes sense when we start the meditation to uh, have a bit more uh, uh, an object where we can rest with, which is a bit more, a bit more obvious, a bit more solid. Let's say it like that. So. What, what is it what you want to pay attention to when we sit here? So what, what, what would that be? What possibilities do you have? Particularly in moments where the spacious, cognizant presence is not available to you, or is, seems to be far away, or is maybe just something in your memory. So, as I said, there's the option of the breath 
and maybe you have already found your favorite way to bring the breath into the foreground of your awareness otherwise if not you can play a bit yeah? so you, you try out different things be curious about the different sensations connected with the breath explore the breath and another uh, object I suggest is the feeling of aliveness in your hands because sometimes the breath is not uh, it's not the it's not the best object for some people particularly when you have uh, experience of the breath connected with a sense of anxiousness or stress or some unpleasant you know when so, some some obstructions in your breath so then the aliveness in your hands is a good object and and i will sometimes guide you and remind you so it is not necessary that we stay with the same object the whole session so let's say you start with some breathing meditation you bring that to the foreground or the sensation in your hands and then there's a plane coming so it's perfectly fine to shift your attention from the breath uh, to the plane and make that the support for your meditation and then you just listen to the plane and then when it ceases there actually there might be a moment where you would be able to be, become aware of the gap you know, of the stillness of the one who knows and then you return again to the breath another possibility is if you have a, a strong feeling arising a pleasant or unpleasant for example some anxiety you have right now in your life about something about a health issue or in your work or so and this arises so there is a possibility to let go a bit of the breath and make the somatic the visceral experience of that emotion uh, the object of your meditation the ob the support of your meditation so i don't think it's uh, it's skillful when we work with the breath uh, to try to suppress uh, strong emotions but rather make them the support of your meditation become curious about it explore sadness fear frustration doubt explore make it the support of your meditation instead of an obstacle so this does not mean that i would encourage you jump around yeah? but you do it uh, you you do it 
with awareness. Yeah, you're, you're, you're knowing what you're doing. Okay, now I let go of this and I pay attention to the unpleasant the, uh, sensation in my right knee and I make that the support of my meditation. So this is, uh, this is talking about the kind of meditation where you settle the mind with an object. There's another category of meditation, which is called settling the mind without object. It's also called open choiceless awareness. So this is a practice of making the whole experience, whatever you experience, the support of your meditation, including the space within which everything is happening. For example, <coughs> imagine you sit on a mountaintop and there's an eagle flying. So meditation without with an object would be, okay, I make this the object, I bring that into the focus, into the foreground. Peripheral awareness is open and relaxed. So it's not like this. Yeah. It's it's stays open, but you bring this to the foreground, you become curious about the eagle. Maybe you tell yourself a little story about the eagle. You fall in love with the eagle. And then the eagle flies and you follow the eagle. Yeah. So that's that would be meditation with an object. In open choiceless awareness, you let your gaze unfocused, completely open, and the eagle flies, but you don't bring it to the foreground. You leave everything as it is, including your own presence, including your breath, everything which is happening in your in your in your experience. And when you notice that grasping sets in, either oh I want to have more of this, or I don't want that, you relax the grasping. Get a sense of what I mean in your meditation get a sense of what I mean with relaxing the grasping. It's difficult to explain. It's something you need to, you need to uh, explore yourself. So that is open choiceless awareness. And uh, I think after the walking meditation, yeah, after the walking meditation, I will... Uh, uh, guide you a bit into this yeah? from uh, from uh, a, a meditation with an object to choiceless open awareness and then slow, slow, slowly through the days you, you, you will find your own way in this is that something which you are drawn to or is it more appropriate for you are you drawn to a bit more focused meditation on the breath. One can also play a bit with this. 
like starting with some breathing meditation, then opening to choiceless open awareness. And then towards the end of, I don't know of every meditation, but I will always give some pointers into the one who knows. And I will also explain a bit more about that throughout the retreat. What is meant by the one who knows. So the last thing I want to say is, I want to point to, is dullness. So one, one thing is, uh, you know, one, one obstacle for resting in awareness is, or well, resting as awareness connecting with the one who knows is this competing processes which compete for your attention. But the other obstacle is dullness. So dullness is the opposite to clarity. It's the opposite to a certain alertness, a certain vividness. So dullness is something like so you, you 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 start with the breath and then you think yeah open awareness <laughs> choices open awareness yeah oh it feels so good <laughs> yeah I'm getting somewhere <laughs> in my meditation <laughs> because it feels so good. <laughs> uh, so, and uh, this is one of the. It's not that. Um, it's not, you know, yeah. This is one of the traps meditators can fall into to confuse this half asleep, dull state with some kind of spiritual experience or with some kind of progress in your meditation. Um, So you, you have to learn, or you learn what you learn when you, when you become a, a, a more, let's say, professional meditator. Uh, then you, you start to see, you, you start to uh, recognize the difference between uh, a clarity, a vividness, an aliveness, and this kind of sinking, it's also called sinking, or dull, dull mind. So one thing uh, to 
support us not to sit here one week with dullness and thinking mind is to sleep enough, to rest enough. So if you need to catch up some some sleep during the day, then do that in the breaks. Uh, try to sleep enough in the night. <coughs> try to rest during the day when it's possible. Of course, we are sleepy sometimes. This is difficult to explain. Uh, no, you can be sleepy and still there is some vividness, some alertness noticing that you're sleepy. So there is a difference of uh, this kind of thinking, thinking, dull, and going with it, and your whole experience is filled with that dullness, and being aware, vividly, that you're sleepy, that you're tired. <laughs> within all of that the most important thing is to stay relaxed and gentle and kind so if you uh, if you notice uh, a, a session of dullness it's more important to stay kind with yourself, with your mind, with the dullness, than trying to break it or trying to get rid of it or trying to overcome it. So if you stay relaxed with a period of dullness, it could be that you find, oh, wow, yeah, so suddenly there's a bit more vividness, suddenly there's a bit more alertness again. Suddenly I can, I, I, I feel how I'm quite clear about being dull. That's maybe a way to put it. Wow, I'm really clear about being dull. And it's a difference to just being dull and being lost in it and feeling oh this is a really good meditation it could be that some of you for some of you it is easier to uh, become familiar with that vividness and alertness in your mind in walking meditation or when you sit down by the lake yeah. So, and again, you uh, you strengthen that by noticing it and and kind of being happy about that discovery. Ah, oh, wow! Yeah. So somehow I feel fresh. I'm present. I'm here, 
It's vivid. Ah, this is what is meant. And then, for some of us, somehow, coming here and sitting down in this room and, you know, cut off from the landscape and and it could be for some of us that we come here and we sit down and BOOM! Dullness. Yeah. So, be patient and, and, and see if you ha- can get a taste of the clarity of the knowingness of the dullness. The knowingness of the dullness is never dull. Do I know that, I, that I'm tired? Yes, I'm really clear about that. How do I know it? Yeah, there's kind of a heaviness in my body, some unpleasant feeling here, and I'm really clear about it. So, peripheral awareness, openness, bringing the object to the foreground, sustaining, rejoicing when you notice that you are entangled in something else, returning back. And uh, being curious about this state of dullness. Don't make anything an enemy in your meditation. Also, not dullness and destruction. Become curious about the whole thing. Okay, so let's uh, sit quietly and then um, tonight if there's some question we can can, uh, discuss this a bit. So first is that you adjust your posture. That's also a good opportunity for you this week to explore the posture a bit, to be curious how you you can sit so that uh, tenderness and vividness or clarity is supported. You can also experiment to sit with open and closed eyes. And then uh, approach the meditation as uh, the sitting, approach the sitting as a sliding. So there's not this one point where you okay, now I pay attention to the breath, but it's it's really like you, you allow it to happen. 
It's more a sense of allowing it to happen. Uh, and one thing which you could do in the beginning is to just notice what you bring with you into this moment. How do you feel? How, how is it for you to be here? And when you ask that question, how, how is it? What is happening? What do I bring into this moment? You start to notice how your attention goes towards your inner life, towards your body. And you make that a welcoming. And you can take the breath as a support with the in breath, you slide into the body, initially even down into your feet. Kind of a bit of a body scan, supported by the breath. And then with the out-breath, if possible, you release some of the effort, some of the tension in the belly, in the shoulders, in the face. one point you allow the breath to come a bit more to the foreground Noticing the nurturing, life-giving quality of the breath. the out-breath, 
you keep on releasing, relaxing, <coughs> letting go. Of course, thoughts continue to arise. But you don't emphasize them. like dancing. Dancing with the breath. Sometimes you check if there's effort or a struggle creeping into your sitting. And then with the out breath, you see if you can relax that a bit, release.
then if another experience comes to the foreground, something pleasant or unpleasant sensation in your body, the discomfort through the sitting, so there is the option to gently shift the partner you dance with, and bring that experience a bit into the foreground, breathing into, welcoming, letting go of the stories, loving whatever arises. Noticing whatever arises. <clears throat> Softening. Coming like the sky, being the sky.
seva is missing in your practice, a warmth, a kindness, you can shortly call upon the presence of the Buddha or the Dalai Lama, Kamapa, Tara, and you reconnect with a smile in your heart. the need to feel good, letting go of control. Sometimes you can check your posture, maybe you can soften the shoulders or straighten up a little. So you sit with some dignity. where the breath is nurturing you. difficulties breathing and then a time shortly after when you just so beautiful like drinking nectar
if there is a sticky story competing, one possibility is to ask yourself, where does the story sit in my body? And then you breathe there, welcoming, loving, healing. If you are able to stay with two or three breaths in a row, you can give yourself a little, wow, yeah, that's good, it's going well. If there's restlessness, discomfort, you say yes. You surrender. Embracing. Breathing into. Bathing your experience in the breath. Not to chase it away, but to welcome it. Hello, tiredness. Hello, peace.
So towards the end of the sitting, again, there's the content. Notice that there's nothing stable. It's a constant flow. Movement. Change. Nothing concrete, solid there. something else, something which does not change. Like the sky does not change. surrounding and pervading your experience as presence, boundaryless and centerless, timeless. infinite groundless and open feelings and the sounds, the sensations, they are like waves coming from that shoreless ocean and dissolving back into the shoreless ocean of your own being.
So walking meditation is traditionally another method of uh, nurturing stable attention. And again, there's different ways, uh, but uh, one way is to bring the sensation in your feet into the foreground, to become curious about uh, touching the earth with your feet. And you're very sensitive in your feet, almost like in your in like almost like your hands. So you know, imagine you would touch the earth when you walk, like you would touch something which you are <coughs> which you feel tender about. Or something you're curious about, something you want to feel, something which you have not felt before. Or like a child kind of feeling for the first time. Wow. How does that feel? Uh, So that's what you see if you can bring that a bit into the foreground. And again, how you do that through intention. This is what I'm going to do. And this intention is nurtured by curiosity and appreciation. How I'm I'm able to walk. I'm able to feel the earth with my the Scandinavian earth with my with my feet. How precious that is. And here it feels like this, and here it feels a little different. Here the grass is a bit different, the temperature is a bit different. Wow, it's amazing, it's better than sex. I mean, if you are present to it. And so you can also, you know, we have this energy point here where this you know, constant flow. So we can also really feel the 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 connection with the earth. So if that is too boring, then you can also uh, bring into the foreground. You know, if you want to walk a bit quick, quicker, like you, you know, you're more like, then you just um, uh, walk. Uh, and you bring your attention to the to the flow of the walk, yeah? and really like uh, again to nurture this appreciation is like you know sometimes you need to be close to someone who loses all these capacities to start to appreciate it, but uh, we we can start to appreciate it now. Yeah? So so that's uh, that's uh, that's a possibility. And then, if possible, sometimes try to be curious about that which is not moving, that which is not changing when we now go out there. Yeah. So what you see, what you feel, what is on your skin, your your mood. All that will change, but there's something which is not moving, there's something which is not changing, 
And without that something, your experience couldn't happen. So that you have an experience is the proof that there is that something, that there is the one who knows. So when I say the one who knows, I'm not talking about a person. So with big letters. The one with big letters. The one who knows. Okay, so let's just walk. Forget everything.